I like that we're I like that we're talking about this like it's a real place. It's a real place. It totally is. Like this sounds exactly like an episode where I'm like, okay, well here's the history of Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, a beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm Dolan. And we are virtual again. But you know what? Through the magic of Zoom, it all just kind of works. As we all just nod our head. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a podcast. They can't, they can't hear me. Yeah, they can just see us like not, or hear us nodding our heads. Unless you do it really fast by the microphone and it makes a whooshing sound. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, this week, a beer. Uh, our, blah, 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 mm-hmm. This beer's this- out of this world. It is, is totally out of this world. Comes to us from Sheila Bissell, uh, traveler, Atlas traveler, longtime Atlas traveler. Uh, she was at a brewery in South Carolina on one of her days off, and she sent me a picture of the menu. She had, she had tried some different stuff, and there was a beer called the Tangelorian. And I said, okay, we need that one because I'm a big Star Wars fan. We are big. I... We yep. talk about Star Wars a lot, mm-hmm. um, and it, it is very clearly supposed to, the label is supposed to be the Mandalorian helmet. So Mandalorian, we will get into that just a little bit, the Disney Plus show uh, from, from Star Wars. So We're going to spoil the hell out of it, too, so that's your warning. Yeah. Well, we are two days away. As of this recording, as of the airing date, we are two days away from season two of The Mandalorian. And I can't wait. Maybe we'll talk about some of the spoilers for that too, or what we what we think we know. Oh yeah, there's some uh, there's some really good spoilers in some of the posters that have come out so far. So first off, this smells. Do you guys know what a kolache is? Yes. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Doesn't this it smells like? Don't you? I mean, it smells like that. Like uh, my grandma used to make, my grandma was an old Czech lady and uh, she would make kolaches and they're just like a pastry with fruit in the middle. Yeah. And this smells almost exactly like it. Isn't there a place that makes kolaches in Omaha? The kolache factory. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ooh, the that smells factory, good. But smaller. It smells bready. Yeasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's sweet. It's really good. Oh, there's a nice sourness that, oh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know. Oh, well, it says tangerine sour on the can. Yeah. Clearly, I didn't look at it close enough. (laughs) It's a good breakfast beer. Reminds me of like a screwdriver. Yeah, mimosa maybe. Yeah. Very mimosa-y. Orangey. Yeah, with it. It's good. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's a little bit of sour, kind of perks you up a little bit, but not. It's not like biting your cheeks or anything, which is all right. You guys know. I guess 
help me understand before we get into the uh, we'll go brewery research. Then we'll do what the, you know about the Mandalorian. What's a tangerine? Boy, that's a good question. That's, that feels like something that somebody should have researched. I don't, I think I was, uh, in the orange family, it's a smaller. It's smaller than like a navel orange or the the kind that we see. Um, but what's the difference between an orange and a tangerine? I don't know, boy. I don't know. Um, well, Dolan, what do you know? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google. I've it. heard of I've heard of tangelos before. I've seen those. Tangelos. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is this is a. Uh, this is a, a an internet thing because I Googled it and it's got the answer right up at the top. What is it? it says, although tangerines are similar in color to most orange varieties, they are typically more reddish orange. Oranges are larger and more round, rounded than tangerines. They both can be seedless or have seeds depending on how it's grown. Most orange varieties are yellow orange while tangerines are reddish orange. <laughs> So, so we, color. we don't get much red orange in this though. It's not like a blood orange or anything. No, this is way, I mean, this is just, yeah, it's like almost a hazy IPA kind of look to mm -hmm. it. So tangerines are less tart. They're easier to peel. Um, yeah, they give, but they both have the same health benefits and close to the same uh, nutrients. So... <laughs> They're just, they're, they're different fruits under the same kind of citrus family is what it says. So it's just an orange variety. Correct. Yeah. Just an orange variety. Okay. Probably right. like the Clementine or the Mandarin and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Cause I couldn't tell the difference between those two for a while either. Cause you get those bags of cuties from the store. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know if they're mandarin oranges or clementines. You got to read the tag. <laughs> and I don't even know. You could set two of them in front of me and say, you need to choose whichever one is the clementine. No idea. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. No. So this is, this is nice, though. I like this a lot. It is. It's really good. Hmm. Right. So here's, here's what I got for us. I want to read the, uh, I don't, it's not necessarily a mission statement, but it's just, kind of tells about what these guys are into, right? Yep. Okay, so Frothy Beard Brewing Company, grown out of a passion for creativity, right mm -hmm. there. Culinary right. arts, so they're into food, which is great, so are we. Uh, zombies, epic novels, oh. board games, the outdoors, and beer. But mostly beer, says. So mm -hmm. those are the things that they're into. Guess what? There were three dudes that were friends that decided to go in and make a brewery. <laughs> and that's what they did. Dudes named Michael Biondi, Steve McCauley, and Joey Skiffinolfi, I'm going to go with. So they have like some Italian-y sounding names. Yeah. To me, but they're in Charleston, mm. South Carolina. Uh, opened in 2013. And then in 2017, they moved to a like a new upgraded facility, kind of when everybody was really booming a few years ago and everybody was expanding. Um, they upped their space by about, uh, what's going on there, Rich? Got a spider on the desk. There's a oh. spider. He, up and he wanted some Tangelorian too. I thought you spilled. Nope, nope, spider this time. 400% uh, bigger brewing capacity at this new place that's now been around for three or four years. Uh, that guy that you just showed on the can there, Dolan, 
Yeah. Uh, his name is Finnegan. Wow. He kind of so, looks like the Monopoly guy with a full-on beard. He does look like that. And all the, the owners of this company, they all kind of look like that guy, too. They all have big, frothy beards. Imagine that. Brewers that have big beards. That's so not normal. Yeah, what? What? Here's, here's what else isn't normal at their brewery. They have pizza. Something, you know? Uh, but they have, like, fancy pizza. It's called Zombie Bob's. That's the name of the, I don't know if it's a separate company. Uh, but you know how, like, on The Walking Dead or any zombie show, when somebody falls down, right, and all the zombies just start ripping them apart, that's basically their logo. It's like there's a pizza on the ground and there's zombies, like, ripping the pizza. So that's pretty fun. Mm. But they have, like, it looked like they have cauliflower crust. They had, like, three different types of tomatoes you could get, sun-dried tomatoes and some other stuff. They make calzones. They did one that they make it kind of like a pizza and then they fold it over. So it's like almost like a quesadilla, basically, I think from the description, it sounds like. Uh, so a good place to get some grub. And then I'll just go real quickly. Let's check their, what they have on tap menu right now. You know what zombies would never eat? Cauliflower crust. What the hell is happening to our world? If you slather some brains on it, maybe they would. You know, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you, Rich. I have had several cauliflower crust pizzas, and I cannot tell the difference. No, just smell it. It smells like baby diaper. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, Dolan. Brian and I have both had children. You have not. Yeah. Cauliflower, cooked cauliflower smells like disgusting baby diaper. <laughs> hot, hot, disgusting baby diaper. Oh, man. I had cauliflower crust last night, so... Oh. It was amazing. Mm, yeah, you hit close to home there, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so th these guys have a pickle beer currently. Yum. And they also have a cucumber beer. So I guess you get one, then you get the other. Um, one of them, the cucumber one's a wheat beer. The pickle one is like a goza. Uh, they have um, probably, I don't know, it looks like 30 different types of beers kind of. And you can get growlers which i think was probably an option for sheila if she was there mm -hmm. um some of them kind of spendy some of them not too bad around 20 bucks for you know a gallon of beer that's that's pretty good so yeah yeah um but they have a pretty good food menu they have um what they call i guess they call them the king of pop popsicles so it looks like they're like craft popsicles. Like they make their own popsicles, which is interesting. Um, and then they have, you know, your normal pretzels, appetizer sort of stuff, uh, breadsticks, that sort of thing. So a pretty good spot to grab beer and a meal, looks like, if you're hmm. in the Charleston area. So I don't want to take up too much more time because I know we really want to talk about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That's so there you go. Yeah. Totally, 100% true. I, I think, I, I just, I thought the frothy beard guy on the can looked like Brian if he were to grow his hair out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just got a haircut yesterday, actually, so it did look like me a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, so, okay. So raise your hand if you know who Boba Fett is. Okay, okay, we're all raising our hand here. So Boba Fett was the first, Mandalorian that we knew of, okay? First appeared in 
the first actual on-screen appearance was the Star Wars Holiday Special in 1978. We don't count that, right? Well, it's 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 non-canon, okay, so to speak. Um, but it is it is recognized as possibly the worst holiday special of all time. Well, it's got B. Arthur in it. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. It was terrible. But the best part, and that spawned the cartoon later, the Droids and Ewoks cartoon many years later, was a very short cartoon at the end where Luke meets Boba Fett. And Boba Fett's a bounty hunter, pretends to be his friend, actually calls him friend at one point. And then turns out he's not really a friend. No. No, not at all. The actual first appearance of Boba Fett. And then you, he later shows up, obviously, in The Empire Strikes Back, right? He is the bounty hunter that, that works with Lando to capture Han on Cloud City, right? And deliver him to Jabba the Hutt, which sets up the Empire, or sets up Return of the Jedi, right? The actual first appearance of Boba Fett was at the San and A-N-S-E-L-M-O Anselmo County Fair Parade. That's in California. In California, yeah. So I thought, what's why San and Anselmo? And I'm sure I'm not saying that right. It was a county fair parade in California. Well, that city, that town within California was the first home of Lucasfilm. And so they that thought, let's test this out. So they had a, they had a, uh, in between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, they had a county fair parade. Darth Vader was there, some stormtroopers, that type of thing. And they had uh, Darth Vader's friend, they named, like his, his assassin or whatever they called him, and marched with him. And they said, look for this guy in The Empire Strikes Back or whatever. And it was 1978, so... Is there, there footage of this anywhere? There is footage. There's pictures. Oh, wow. It was the actual costume that they used. It was the actual one they used in The Empire Strikes Back. A guy named Dwayne Dunham wore the costume because he just happened to be the right size. And he worked at Lucasfilm. So... That's pretty cool. He put it on. They marched with... He marched with... Darth Vader in this in this county fair, and there you go. So that's kind of the the backstory to ha- where Boba Fett came from. Now, he was created by he was created for The Empire Strikes Back by Ralph McQuarrie and Joe Johnson. So Joe Johnson was one of the uh, armor design guys. He helped work on the stormtroopers. He worked on Darth Vader's the whole Darth Vader look and and all of that. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie. You're probably familiar with him. He's an artist who did a ton of pre-production Star Wars work. Anything, anything that you kind of see, very colorful, stylized looking Star Wars pictures now are probably Ralph McQuarrie drawings. Mm. And even going back to in Return of the Jedi, you were supposed to find Darth Vader like in this on this lava planet, which ended up being Mustafar, yeah. which was in which was in the uh, in the prequels in number three episode, where, three. yeah, where he actually became Darth Vader, right? Where Obi Wan cut off his legs. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, Anakin, Darth Vader, <laughs> got him all jacked up. My uh, my son really loves that to talk about that. He wants me to tell him all about how Anakin became Darth Vader. So we we talk about that on the regular. Really? Oh yeah. Well, he had the high ground. 
So yes, he did. And you don't. Yeah. So, so there you go. The Mandalorians. So the race of the race of warriors that Boba Fett belonged to, so to speak, that we were told at the time were Mandalorians and Mandalorians initially were supposed to, this is funny. They called them super troopers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they were given mustache rides, but um, they were called super troopers. They weren't because they didn't take their helmets off. Well, that's true. This, we're going to get to that. So um, they, were, they were supposed to be like a group of Jedi killers that show up in Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi or whatever, all white armor. So you may see a Boba Fett prototype where it's all in white. And then they decided, no, that's not, we're not going to go that way. One, we don't have enough money to make a bunch of, these, a bunch of armor like this because there's a ton of it. And two it might just look cool if we paint it up and we make him a bounty hunter and he's just like this old grizzled badass bounty hunter. Okay. So that's where, where the Boba Fett character came from. Um, they were going to, after, during the filming, they had, they were going to call him an Imperial shock trooper. So then maybe it was kind of a hybrid in between the two, between the kind of super trooper Mandalorian thing and then they completely abandoned that and just went with the with the bounty hunter storyline. So, uh, the bounty hunt, the Mandalorian storyline even goes back further than that. And they've done a lot to explain who the Mandalorians are, where they came from, their battle with the Jedi. Um, if you and we'll get into the the show, the Mandalorian here in a moment. But at the end of the first season, there is a spoiler that goes all the way back to the Clone Wars cartoon where the main Imperial bad guy has a very scary-looking lightsabers-type sword that the Mandalorians used to battle the Jedi during the Clone Wars as the, kind of, as the, Clone, Wars, the Clone Wars TV show. So, and I'm, I'm sure you probably saw that. If you just watched it, then you probably, mm-hmm. saw, you probably saw what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, the, the planet Mandalore is located in the Outer Rim territories. You've heard that story before. You've heard that mentioned in Star Wars a number of times, the Outer Rim territory. So it's like the furthest reaches of the, of the Galactic Republic. Um, lots of bad stuff tends to happen there. Not kind of see Han Solo hung out there a lot. And uh, Lando did some, did some questionable things out there maybe, but yeah, they were smugglers. That's right. So I thought this was interesting too. There's an inhabited moon on Mandalore that that uh, near Mandalore called Concordia. Oh, like Kansas. That's town where I grew up. Oh, so, technically, I'm from a moon of Mandalore. Kind of, <laughs> I guess. Hey, hey. I like oh. that we're I like that we're talking about this like it's a real place. It's a real place. It totally is. Like, this sounds exactly like an episode where I'm like, okay, well, here's the history of Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) There's a suburb called Concordia. That's right. So put this in perspective for me because I, uh, we, well, right now my son is hard into Star Wars again. He goes through these phases, right? So he's four and a half now. Mm -hmm. And he has the, uh, he has some like this big Star Wars figures. The Galactic Heroes. Sure. And everybody's a good guy or a bad guy. Of course. Well, so, of course. In, if they're fighting Jedi, does that just mean that they're, all of them are technically bad guys? Not necessarily, no. Were they so hired they, to fight? Were they, they like Hessian soldiers? In a, in, a, in a manner of speaking, yes. 
Okay. You can trace it all the way back to, now the Mandalorians have been around for many, many, many years in Star Wars years, right? The first Mandalorian we ever, that we met, the first Mandalorian besides Boba Fett was his father, Jango Fett. Yeah. We met in Attack of the Clones in the blue armor. Yeah. Uh, who was cool. the, he, I like Jango a lot. And I like yeah. that, that actor a lot too. He was the, he was, the, and we talked about this a little bit when we talked Star Wars last time. Mm-hmm. Kind of the uh, he, his genetic code was used for all of the clones, and the only thing he asked for was an unaltered clone, and that he named Boba, who was his son, and then you know clearly Jango met his end at the you know at the hands of a Jedi, and the Jedi and the Mandalorians have been fighting for many 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 years. So not necessarily bad guys. You could make an argument that the Jedi were bad guys, so to speak. It's like whatever put cash in their pocket. Uh, the the Jedi made choices that maybe weren't maybe weren't always the best. How's that? Oh, maybe it was yeah. best for the Jedi and the Jedi Council, but it wasn't always the best. Maybe from a moral or you know that that sort hmm. of standpoint. Okay. So now, not saying the Mandalorians were all saints either. So, sure. Yeah. So that leads not, us. They're not Sith. No. Well, no. no Those no. guys are bad guys. Those guys are bad guys. Turns out, so that like sort of weird lightsaber sword that you saw mm-hmm. at the end of the... So that, during the Clone Wars series, belonged to Darth Maul. So Darth Maul yeah. wielded that dark... It was called the Darksaber. He had that. And that was kind of that, part of the storyline. There are people that theorize that Darth Maul now will show up in the Mandalorian season two. Okay. Mm -hmm. They haven't said it yet. Yeah. Wasn't there a whole lot of like, I don't know if there, I stayed away from it because I hadn't seen season one. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a lot of like rumors and uh, like maybe leaked photos from sets or like people thought all these great things were going to show up in season two, right? There's there's a lot of rumors and yeah and conjecture about season two. Okay. That we know that we are getting two characters for sure from the Clone Wars cartoon that we haven't uh, that we haven't seen live versions of yet. And one, one of them is, is Pano. Yeah, and that's Rosario. Is that and right? Rosario Dawson. Yeah. I will. Um, I, I'm I'm going to reserve my uh, opinion. I don't think. I, for Ahsoka mm, cartoon versus Mandalorian. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. I don't think she's necessary in the Star Wars universe. She doesn't fit in the story to me whatsoever. I think they created her for just, just for to, to try to get girls to watch the show. Quite honestly, um, she was Anakin's, uh, she was Anakin's Padawan in between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. But she's never mentioned in the movies. It's only in the cartoon. Oh, okay. So take that for what it's worth. I don't think, well, regardless, it doesn't fit for me. There's some people like my brother who love the cartoon, who love the, the Clone Wars cartoon, think she absolutely fits. It totally makes sense and whatever. Let's see how it works out in the TV show. I bet you either way it'll be pretty cool. I think I and like Rosario Dawson just as an actor. So <laughs> I, I think she'll do a nice job. Uh, I had another question, um, and now I can't totally remember what it was, but it was based on 
uh, watching the show. Um, let's talk about a couple of, I wouldn't call them cameos, but there were people in this season one uh, that I wasn't expecting to see, right, or hear from. Right. So one was like Nick Nolte. As an Ugnaught, which is fantastic. So if you remember The Empire Strikes Back, the little pig face guys that mm-hmm. froze on in Carbonite, those are Ugnaughts. And Nick Nolte played, and I wrote his name down. I still can't pronounce it, but he was, he was great in that role. He was great. What was his like little catchphrase? Uh, like, I'm done talking or something like, what uh, was, like, damn it. I have spoken or I have spoken. Like yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Right. It, it kind of clashes with the, with the, uh, this is the way. Yeah. Right? I mean, they both got their own way of doing things or whatever. The show was like so made for pop culture to like be memeable and you know, like it was amazing. I really, I, really liked it. I was, I was so cautious and, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really protective of my fandom of star Wars because it's means so much to me over the years. Sure. And no spoilers, obviously here he finds the child, right? The little baby mm-hmm. Yoda looking character at yeah. the end of the first episode, at the end of the first episode, that's, that's the bounty he's got to go get. Right. Yeah. I didn't know what to think. I was almost mad for a second. <laughs> almost. You're like, why is he so cute? Uh. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you don't mess with a character like Yoda. And I, technically, there have been two. There were, on the Jedi Council in the prequels, there was a character named Yaddle, who was a Yoda-looking character. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really go too much into Yaddle's storyline or backstory or whatever. But she is definitely the same species as Yoda. So, but you can't, I, I don't know. It's just, I was, I was... It was weird and I was angry. It was every emotion that I didn't think I was going to have watching the show. So I, I am not a Star Wars. I, like, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I've seen the original movies when I was younger. I don't even know if I could even put the storyline together. But I am on the internet and I do see <laughs> things that are, that are being posted about the Mandalorian, especially when it was um, new, a new uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Did they ever reveal if Baby Yoda is actually the Yoda, like Master Yoda? He, okay, so the Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So Return of the Jedi, Ewoks blow up the second Death Star, end of end of the story before they fast forward to the to the three new ones right okay. so that's whether yoda dies in you know during return of the jedi i yoda i would think he was a male i don't you know I don't, maybe the males have babies who knows they haven't explained any of that backstory at all yet but you no. would think there would be multiple like is, yoda was a species just like yeah. all the rest of the speech. Like we've only seen the Gamorrean guards one time, right? So we, you know, in, in the, in Jabba's palace, we've only seen, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the characters that played the uh, instruments in the cantina in Star Wars. Yeah. They're called Bith. You've only seen them one time. So, I mean, there's, he's just another species of, just another alien species in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Just so. happens to be really cute. <laughs> Here's the thing. When they're babies. Yoda, the child <laughs> is 50 years old. 
So Yoda died when he was 900 years old. Okay. When he died, he was, he, he said, you know, when 900 years old, you'll be, you know, he's, that's the, you, you find out he's 900 years old right before he dies. Okay. So baby Yoda, the child is 50 years old in Star Wars years or, you know, or whatever. So, which we assume are the same as our years. Sure. I guess. Yoda. So. He doesn't talk though. Nope. Nope. Never said a word in the whole run of the show. Got some badass force powers though. It was pretty cool. Yeah. He had some funny moments. He did. Chasing, Sometimes. Like eating that frog or whatever. That was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Standing there just drinking a little bone broth, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a meme I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing that that was able to be a secret that nobody knew that was going to come. You know, like the way that the internet works now and people have yeah. phones and all that stuff. It's it's amazing that that thing made it through production yeah. and aired and no one knew it was coming. So I'll take you back even further. 2017. So even further back, 2012, right before the buyout happened where Lucas sold to to Disney. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had developed 50 scripts for a live action Star Wars TV show. And we had heard about this, like in the early days of the internet. And there was always that rumor that Lucasfilm was, that Lucas was working on a live action TV show for, you know, for, that would run just like on ABC on seven, you know, seven o'clock at night or whatever, you know, Sunday night on NBC or or whatever. Well, so the buyout happens somewhere along the way, John Favreau, talks to uh executives there at disney it was probably during the time when he was directing the lion king live action lion king it was mm-hmm. about early they were filming that probably 2016 ish um he sat down with dave filoni who is the main character the main force behind the cartoon the clone wars cartoon and in 2017 and they sketched out so they were just at lunch somewhere wherever and he sketched out kind of ideas for the Mandalorian there with uh, people around or whatever, including the child. And Filoni said, yep, I want to do this. Let's, let's go talk to Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of the rest of Disney. And let's, let's figure out how to do this. Sure enough, I got, you got the green light to do it. And, uh, and they started filming shortly after that. So they were openly talking about baby Yoda having lunch just op- somewhere yeah. in, was it LA or wherever? And they made it that whole way. So this, so John Favreau, then is the the guy behind Baby Yoda. He's well. He's the he's the showrunner. He's the writer. He was gutter in PCU. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's he's been around for a long, long time, and he's been acting for a while. And he's got a great show on Netflix called The Show. Just gonna say that, Dolan. I love it. I, I love that show. What's it called? The, the chef, chef show. He's a he's a really good cook, a good chef. Like he made a movie about cooks or chefs. Yeah, um, I can't remember who was in it. Not Angelina Jolie, but uh, oh, the chef tape. No, no, no. What was just cooks the chef, or right? something like that? Yeah, there's just the chef. So making a movie about I think Bradley Cooper was in it. Uh, it was like a movie about high end chefs, like you know, like Michelin star chefs or whatever. Oh. And making that movie, he got really into cooking and like the whole thing. And that's like his big hobby on the side. And now he's, I think season two, right, Dolan, on Netflix? Yeah. I've been watching all the new episodes lately. Yeah, we've had him on here as well. So yeah. um, that's probably one of my favorite things that he's, that he's done because 
you know, he's a guy that's famous. Like I would know him if I saw him on the street, right? Yeah. For movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but when he's in the when he's in the kitchen, he's like, oh yes, chef, whatever you need. Like he's the sous chef a lot of times. So he's yeah. like, he he's on the bottom rung with these superstar chefs that I wouldn't know. Maybe I would, a couple of them, but he's you know he's flipped. He's like not famous at all in the kitchens, and uh, just talk. They have like you know conversation and. Mm-hmm. usually cook a meal and that sort of thing but it's a it's a good show if you like if you like him it's it's good to watch yeah and it's super like transparent he's mm-hmm. just probably one of the most down to earth with everything he's done you just see him super down to earth yeah yeah i like i'm a fan of john favreau <laughs> yeah so does he own did he own the rights to that character does disney automatically own the rights to that thing disney does i mean he but he is the, he's a head writer, showrunner. Like it was him. It was him driving it the whole way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder how much money they could have made by, you know, like as all the Star Wars stuff does. Yeah. Toys, there's everything comes out before the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it was obviously a huge financial decision to not show their Yoda cards. Yeah. And I wonder how much, you know, cause stuff now you can go to target and pick up about eight different baby Yoda toys and things. I wonder if they made more money on the back or if they made, they would have made more at the beginning, you know, as a, like a run up to the show. That's a good question. So the, this, the first season cost $100 million to make. So they weren't, they weren't kidding around. No, that's right? like game of Thrones. money, Right. Yeah. Huge. But then the first toys didn't come out until six months after the last episode. So they kept that baby Yoda thing quiet that whole time. Mm-hmm. There's actually a thing on, and this was on StarWars.com, which was really interesting because normally, so StarWars.com is run by Disney and, you know, whatever, that uh, the Mandal- this is the official description and then a little explanation afterwards. The Mandalorian initially takes the child, which is the f- official name of the character, for a bounty, but then ends up becoming its de facto guardian in order to protect it. It has been shown to have powers of the force and blah, 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 been nicknamed Baby Yoda. The unexpected, this is what's interesting, the unexpected popularity of Baby Yoda led to an explosion of unofficial merchandise for that Christmas and holiday season, which quickly sold out. And they shut down some stuff after a while. They kind of let it go for a bit just because there wasn't any other kind of merchandise. Yeah. I remember I was listening to uh, that Kevin Smith's podcast that he does, you know, with Mark Bernardin. Podcast, yeah. Yeah, and they were talking about making, he bought a custom-made Baby Yoda because there wasn't any, you couldn't get it, you know? Right. So he wanted like one for his office or whatever, spent like a bunch of money, and then everybody was doing them on Etsy and stuff. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's like bootlegged, basically, which is kind yes. of, it's amazing that it even got to that place i don't and i never ever want to count disney out or second guess them because they made so many good choices along the way this had to have been a calculated effort just to keep sure. it quiet well that secret was worth everything i think you know it's like it when, blew thing, me when the thing opens up and he's sitting in there i was just like what uh, <laughs> holy crap here's the thing like jenny and i will watch i will generally watch anything she wants to watch she will watch anything that i want to watch you know, and that, that type of thing. She hates this. She thinks it's boring. She thinks that, that Mando, the, that Din has a very monotone voice. Yeah. And she falls asleep. And she doesn't fall asleep watching TV at all. And she falls asleep when this is on. And oh, I woke her up. I'm like, 
holy shit. You got to see this. What is this? She's like, I don't even care. Like, no, it's a little baby Yoda. I, this is unbelievable. And I, and then I wanted to tell her why I was mad. And, and yeah, and she was just like, shut up. Get out of here. So I called my brother at like midnight. And you have to. Yeah. 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 So, I, we did. Uh, we watched the first two episodes kind of as they came out, you know, because um, wasn't it a weekly drop? It was. Yeah. yeah. So we watched the first two. And then life happens as it does. Mm -hmm. And I, that was it. So I was real time for two weeks and then I crunched them all the last, what, six, seven, yep. the other night when I texted you that we were, I was going to sit down and do them all. So. so let's talk about your opinion on that because they're okay. from a Star Wars fan perspective. Every episode had so much old fun yeah. throwback stuff mm -hmm. but then at the same time there was new different stuff at the that, that kind of it was happening at the same time it just kind of you almost had to watch the episodes twice to catch everything i would like to go back and and watch them i'm a uh i would probably say surface fan like i can tell you who the characters are and i know some of the stories but mm -hmm. i've never read a you know paperback book about you know what i'm saying so like sure. i'm there um i thought the show was really well done you definitely don't need to know anything about Star Wars to watch it. Um, the episodes kind of were almost standalone-ish. You know, they didn't necessarily have a lot to do with one another. Um, there was a lot of action. There was some comedy, which was fun. I liked the episode with Bill Burr more mm -hmm. than I thought I would, uh, which basically they were in like two rooms the whole episode. They were like yeah. on the ship and then they were like trying to get back to the ship. And that was pretty much the whole thing. And it was great. Yeah. So I like that. It felt like almost the show was almost like a Western, if that makes any sense. It's, it's very like true grit kind of. Yes. I don't know. Even compared to like a Clint Eastwood type Western character, like when they talk to uh, Pedro Pascal, the guy that plays yeah. the Mandalorian. He, he plays him like a, a Western style character. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars has its roots in, in spaghetti Westerns and samurai. samurai. And, yeah. uh, we've talked about all that. So there's, this goes back to the absolute roots of George Lucas and what he liked back in the, you know, when he was writing this in the seventies. What was your favorite episode and what was your least favorite? <sighs> okay. My, sadly, my least favorite was the one that Bryce Dallas Howard uh, directed the one where with the ATST in the mm -hmm. you know, where he and it, there it, for a number of reasons they made a they made a very very big deal about how the Mandalorian doesn't take his helmet off right yes and Din is it, it, the man Mando's name is Din Dejarin okay his his actual name he's a foundling he's not an actual Mandalorian you find that out in the show spoilers. Um, you know, he was, he was found by the Mandalorians. They took him in. He became a Mandalorian. Where's the armor of the, you know, the Mandalorians. Anyway, you don't, you don't take your helmet off and he falls in love with that character. The one, the girl. Pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I, okay. Sure. We don't know that much about Din where he can't, you know, it just yeah. other backstory. He could just be like he's a he's a mercenary Mandalorian, whatever. Just because he had nothing else, he, he wasn't good at anything else. He's good at killing people and and bounties. 
maybe. Yeah. So maybe he does have a soft side. We don't know. She, when she almost takes his helmet off at the end of that episode, yeah. it's lifting and he's allowing her to do that. Yeah. I gave, I, nope, nope. He owed nope. it. Time out. Yeah. Luckily he stops her. He did. And I think from that point, it really, the show turned. There was a, like, that was a turning point in the show. Like, okay, he's not going to do this. He's going to do this. Like, it became a very clear, like, yeah. this, what he's, this is the plan and this is the timeline for him going forward. Well, it was almost like, I f- first of all, I feel like we're in uh, Jamie's territory. We're really breaking down plot points on a exactly. podcast. Yeah. But I will say it was like they were trying to humanize him, right? Sure. And then he was like, nope, I'm, gonna, I'm a, basically a killing robot. And that's kind of how it went from there. And, and I was okay with that too. Now, speaking of robots, the first time we saw, there were some pre-production photos of, you know, of the, the rifle that he uses, which came from the Star Wars holiday special. There was also pre-production photos of IG-11. Yeah. And everyone thought that was the robot, the assassin droid, right? Yeah. That he was everyone cool. Badass IG-88. That's from, that's from Empire Strikes Back. If you go back and read, they're all non-canon now. But the IG series were just assassin droids. And IG-88 became sentient at one point. Like, became aware of himself and then became a bounty hunter. So, just yeah. non-feeling robot bounty hunter. And he was badass. Yeah, and that's dangerous. Kind of, exactly. And so, they, they kind of followed that same, um, that same sort of storyline with IG-11. But then, what the Nick Nolte Ugnot character mm-hmm. did to him. That, yeah. How he went out at the end was so fantastic. Yeah. It was so good. And I, I just, I, it couldn't have ended better. I want to see that character again. I'm fine if I don't, because he was, he ended so well. Yeah. I don't think you're going to. Mm. Which is fine. Yeah. He, he yeah, which is totally fine. So. I like that the uh, episodes were, not super long because mm-hmm. like I, I really had to cram it, you know, but yep. uh, it, I, I read somewhere that they made this almost like a children's show too for the length of the episodes to mm-hmm. keep kids interest. Cause a lot of kids can't pay attention that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we were talking earlier about the chances of him making a live action show that would have been, let's say on ABC. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if i mean star wars is everywhere right in culture now i still don't know if it would be on like abc like is it is it still nerdy too nerdy for it to be on sunday night on abc you know what i mean right honestly it probably Disney owns been, it but yeah it would have been like a sci-fi show or what you know on, on the yeah. channel or something yeah probably um you might be right yeah i don't know it, it's, worth, it's definitely worth a watch, I would say. There's there's a ton of fun cameos in it. The uh, was it Jason Sudeikis and uh-huh. uh, the other I can't the other guys that show up in the I want to say it's the last episode. Is it the last the, episode? Stormtroopers talking to each other. The biker scouts. Yeah, yeah, and which is hilarious because there was a whole they've been called Tag and Bink because there was a comic book called Tag and Bink where they were two stormtroopers but they just kind of goofed off all the time and they found and they would just get in trouble. And it was, it was just a funny kind of comic to well, go. There was jokes about how they can't shoot. It, exactly. In the it episode. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. And he's missing by, you know, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
fun. Uh, yeah, that's that was a blast. That was. I liked really Carl cool. Weathers. He was great. Carl Weathers is coming back in season two. Yeah, Mando. That's what he'd always say. He was great. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Card the Card Dune character who was a who was a uh, heavy infantry shock trooper, stormtrooper. So like one of the first after the Jango Fett clones, Kara was one of the uh, one of the shock troopers, which is fun because it, it, normally you would assume that the stormtroopers were all males, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So they 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 would take any Imperial Navy would take anybody or army, I guess. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she, I thought she was really good too. I like that fight scene that she had. With it was almost like the, uh, I don't know, it was like a force field rope keeping them together, so they couldn't get too far away from each other to fight. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, yeah, she was she was great. I'm I'm glad they're bringing her back again. In, in the she next- was a she was a good foil for him, and yeah, she was like the the kind of which was weird was she was more soft than he was in in a way. In a lot of ways, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was very happy to see uh, the the guy they got to play Moff Gideon, who was the main bad guy at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. which was probably what it was probably my favorite episode, just because it was so it was it was funny. It had lots of Star Wars like original throwback stuff, new stuff. The um, the heavy infantry troopers that you see with the the flamethrowers and stuff were just yeah, that was I, cool. Uh, I love me some stormtroopers and. Yeah, that was Giancarlo. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad and Better Call Saul, and yeah, so he, he got an Emmy. Up. Not did he win? He was nominated for an Emmy for that episode. I want to say maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty cool. But he shows up with the dark saber, and instantly Ray Park, who played Darth Maul, tweeted, "Hey, that's my sword." Hmm. And you know, and Disney at this point was pretty. They, 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 you know, tighten, kind of tighten the screws a little bit. And they didn't say anything. Mm. So maybe based on what we saw at the end of Solo with him running. Yeah. Right. That's so cool. Darth Maul is still alive. That's his sword. I'd love to see some Ray Park as Darth Maul again. Um, he was pretty cool. That's for sure. Here's what I did a little research then on the backside of, of Disney plus just to understand, okay, what did this do to subscription rates? Because at, when Disney Plus launched, it was really just their their shows, right? It was just mm-hmm. their their shows. It was just like the animate the, the the cartoons that they had produced. Okay, when Disney Plus launched in 2019, it had 10 million subscribers. I was one of them. It's not bad, right? December 31st, they reported 26 and a half million subscribers. On February 4th of 2020. They reported 28.6 million. So we hadn't all gone into shelter, right, at, by February. No, right? not yet. April 10th, they reported 50 million subscribers. Oh, doubled. Whoa. So, well, I mean, they'll go home and subscribe to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> uh, the last estimate I saw was they're at 60.5 million yeah. subscribers. Uh they had a five-year goal to get to 50 million and they reached that in eight months. Yeah. It sounds like Disney. That's somebody actually said that's so Disney and <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Isn't it? it is. It's kind of fun. Cause it's, it's really the main thing that we have on here at my house, except right now. Um, some we were flipping between star Wars and this 
like Marvel cartoon. They're like shorts, like three minute shorts. Oh yeah. That my mm-hmm. kid likes. Yeah. So we're watching those. That's basically it. But yeah. my whole upbringing was also on Disney stuff, like the Disney Channel, yeah. all the classic things. Uh, it's cool to see how much they've added and, and continue to roll out. It's, it's uh, ever-changing, I would say. The library is getting bigger and bigger because when it did start, I mean, it was huge, but they're, they're adding even more like random stuff. I watched something the other day that was from the 40s that I'd never seen before. Oh, that weird. was really cool. Yeah, it was like a... Uh, it was like five or six shorts that they tied into a movie with theme music. And uh, they were all like tall tales, like Johnny Appleseed was in it and oh. Pecos Bill, yeah. um, stuff like that. So they continue to roll these things out. And then, you know, new seasons of shows that were hits. And basically every movie that ever came out from the 2000s on is on there. So well worth the money for sure. So let's compare Disney Plus subscribers to a couple of other online streaming services, okay? Okay. Hulu. Hulu just reported fiscal third quarter earnings. They have 35.5 million subscribers. I have that too. I have Hulu as well. Yeah. But that's their live TV plus sports package. Okay? That's what so I have, yeah. If it's the free stuff, I don't know if that actually includes a free subscription or whatever. So uh, ESPN plus, 8.5 million subscribers. So, meh, okay, that's fine. Probably because you can log in if you have DirecTV or anything else, you can log into ESPN's app and you don't need to necessarily subscribe to ESPN Plus unless you're a soccer fan and you want to watch a bajillion soccer games. I'm going to guess that's probably what their subscriber base is. Yeah. So, yeah. Finally, Netflix. Do you have any clue, any guess? to how many subscribers Netflix has. I think there's six, and they just share the password with everybody else. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with 80 million. 182.8 million subscribers. Only 100 million off, Dolan. (laughs) Only 100 million off. Wow. Yes. Yes. Last reported. Now, uh, that's the last reported number. They think that numbers jumped to about 190 million ish right now. So oh, wow. yeah, it's uh, all the stuff they're going through right now. Yeah. Wow. So I, I think that's Disney. Uh, the last thing I wrote down here was Disney Plus is 699 a month, which is probably the most affordable. Yeah. I think that was like their big introductory price. That was what they said mm-hmm. it was going to be for a while. And uh, for $7. It's yeah, so worth it. I'm still yeah. on the free plan probably for another couple months. I got the the year free Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've yep. been watching, well, we've been watching some of the cartoons that we grew up watching, which is totally different. <laughs> Mostly like Phineas and Ferb and mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the uh, old Disney Channel movies that came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But I'd noticed that some of those they couldn't get the license to right away. Mm-hmm. So they had to wait. Like it's on there, but it says like coming, you know, in fall of 20, whatever, whatever it says on Disney Plus. Because one of the one of the movies I used to watch all the time was Max Keeble's Big Move. I don't I know. Heard of it. Oh, never heard of it. I think it came out in like 90, 
295, something like that. And that was one of the VHSs that I had. So I was watching that like crazy. <laughs> and I got excited because I saw it on there, but then it was like, oh, not coming till 2021. And when, that was the problem they ran into with some of the Star Wars films is they had licensed them to Netflix for a certain amount of time. So you couldn't watch a couple of the Star Wars films on Disney Plus when it launched. That's the yeah. same with Marvel, I think. The Marvel, too. the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. Uh, since we flip flopped, yes, I have the Untapped ready. Oh, I haven't even looked it up yet. All right, so we've got one thousand and nine check-ins. Wow. What do you guys think it's going to be? By the way, it's five percent ABV, right on the nose. Five percent. Well, I really mm. like it, and I feel like if you're going to get this beer, you're a fan of The Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess it's a little higher, maybe maybe like a 4-2. Okay. <sighs> see, I think you seek out sours. You don't just run into a sour, right? You don't just say... Like IPA guys just say, give me an IPA, right? I mean, you don't, yeah. you, don't just, you don't just necessarily run into a sour. So based on other sours I've had, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go uh, uh, 3.93. 4.11. Wow. Going very close, my man. Wow. Nice Ooh. work. <laughs> but it's a 17 out of five if you like Star Wars. <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier with it i thought that was that was really really good and it, it looks is. like they have it on tap at the brewery as of last night somebody checked into it there oh, so nice it's interesting there's not a whole lot of other star wars looking i mean it really is just maybe they're super concerned about getting sued and so maybe yeah i mean so, i didn't even know that was the brewery I mean, that's pretty small for your mm-hmm. your label, right? Right. Yeah. Who makes this beer? That's, yeah, definitely what it's supposed to show you. Yep. So this is out of, you said, North Carolina? Charleston, South, South Carolina. Home of? South Carolina. Bill Murray. Oh. Of Stephen Colbert. Oh. And home of Danny McBride. Hmm. South Carolina. Funny place to go, I guess. You got to be funny yep. to live in Charleston. Sadly, this doesn't check one off of our list. We have had a beer from South Carolina before, so we are still on the hunt for our last so last nine, I think, is what we're at. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. I'll get a list out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some help. Maybe we need to just post a video. Yeah. Yes, that we need these beers. Answer the call. A beer from one of these states. Doesn't matter what it is, we'll do it. Yep. Oh, I think that's that a video. That beer, and we'll send you some fairy nectar. <laughs> Works for me. Some Atlas swag. There you go. So next week will be after Halloween, but like it or not, we're going to do a pumpkin beer. Oh, yes. I forced my hand. Pumpkin beer. There has never been a more polarizing style of beer, I don't think. Yeah, real like real beer nerds seem to just poo-poo the idea of the pumpkin beer. Mm. Which is funny because if you do your research... They were using pumpkin in place of malt for years and years. This guy knows what he's talking about. There you go. Now, that doesn't necessarily make me a fan, 
But as I've said before, I'll pretty much drink anything. So, And we're going to. Let's have some pumpkin beers next week. All right, Brian. <laughs> Roland, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.